Hello and welcome to episode three of our podcast, Sammy Bits. I'm Carla, I'm your host, and today we are especially honoured to have Catherine Gronberg of Night Dragon join us to discuss IoT security and specifically IoT security for homes and small businesses. Catherine is Head of Government Services at Night Dragon, which is an investment company focusing on cybersecurity, security and privacy risk sectors. So Catherine tracks government agencies such as NIST in the United States, who are looking to implement greater security for IoT devices and the network at large. Indeed, some governments around the world are actually already mandating that service providers install such protections. Um, But what we want to know, what we want to discuss today is end customers. And we're going to be talking about homeowners, their IoT devices and what all this means for them. Catherine, thanks again for joining us. Um, The IoT has been a hot topic for a while now, um, but uh, security of these devices really has been overlooked. So perhaps we could start with why that is. Um, are you able to shed any light on this for us, please? Hey, Carla. Thanks. And thanks for having me on the podcast. Um, yeah, well, it's true. People do love their smart devices. And it's estimated that the average number of connected devices in a U.S. home is anywhere between 20 to 30. People use these devices to make their homes more safe and create conveniences and save themselves money and create efficiencies But IoT devices are uniquely vulnerable to cyber attack. Um, Let me explain a little bit about why. Um, They are not designed like normal computers. And until recently, there really haven't been methods to secure them. Computers can run programs such as antivirus that are designed to detect and block malware. But IoT devices, they typically don't have enough processing power to support these applications. Um, So nothing runs on them, really, except, you know, they do their basic functionality. And that's it. And programming them and updating them, it works totally differently from what we think of as a computer. And it requires typically a level of technical knowledge that the average home user or small business user doesn't possess. So really, the average person can't manage this on their own, nor can small businesses. And it's worth noting, too, that the IoT ecosystem is very fragmented, meaning an IoT device doesn't mean one thing. Um, they're produced by many different manufacturers with lots of different components. And so there's really not a one-size-fits-all security approach that you can take, um, which is why people look really to the network level to start thinking about how you can um, secure the devices. Yeah, cool. So it it does actually sound pretty complex. And um, so what can happen as as a result of the lack of security here? Yeah, it's important to understand um, what the implications of all these insecure devices are on home networks. And really, the numbers of the attacks and the nature of the attacks are quite alarming. Um, Attackers can use your vulnerable IoT to get a foothold onto your home network and then attack other devices, including your computer, which can contain very sensitive information. Um, But looking at the devices themselves, we also don't want them to be insecure um, because Compromised IoT can result in really alarming invasions of people's privacy. No one wants to see video of themselves in their home or their family exposed on the internet, but it actually gets worse than that. In one example of a smart home device attack, um, a hacked ring camera was used to taunt little children in their bedrooms. It's really unsettling. It just, it just sort of paints a very um, 
very alarming picture of how IoT devices can um, result in a huge invasion of your privacy. Um, left unaddressed, this problem was only going to get worse. I mean, we we talk about appliances and things that are um, that are much more important to our day to day are now networked in some cases because manufacturers actually require a network connection in order to warranty a product. So you can see things like refrigerators or um, home heating and cooling. Um, being connected and potentially compromised, and that that then introduces the potential for attackers to um, to to lock them up in return for a ransom payment, which actually is what we're seeing with IoT devices in enterprises. Um, healthcare comes to mind. So this is this is a very alarming situation, and attackers are are, are never slow to exploit a new way um, to potentially generate revenue. Um, there's another aspect of this problem that also needs examination, which is more of the, the global problem. And what I mean by that is as we're seeing more and more home IoT and more and more vulnerable and therefore compromised home IoT, those IoT devices are being swept up into what we call bots. So what is happening is attackers are using these devices um, in groups, in large groups, to then um, to uh, collectively attack a target, sometimes a large enterprise that they're trying to um, to get a ransom from, and they're using their combined compute power to attack these governments or corporations, and this can cost our society hundreds of millions of dollars or billions of dollars. So it's really important to understand um, both the local but also the global implications of so much insecure IoT. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does sound like it's um, it, it can be quite quite alarming some of these results as well. And as a homeowner, I guess as well, it's something that you wouldn't necessarily consider. So exactly, yeah. Um, what kind of help is available for homeowners or small business or, in fact, Soho uh, small, small office home office? Yeah, I think that's the key key point. There is that help is definitely needed. Um, so I think we can learn from how large enterprises have uh, not solved, but but really helped to mitigate this problem. And they've they've done so with fairly sophisticated technologies that allow them to monitor um, all the devices on their networks. But that includes IoT devices, and it gives them some measure of awareness and also some control over what those devices are allowed to do um, today. There are, haven't been tools that exist for homes and small businesses to implement. Um, and on top of that, they would probably be pretty difficult for them to install and maintain anyway. Um, so the natural place to look is to, for ISPs and to really look at the router and what could be done at the router level um, for ISPs to um, provide some, some of those capabilities, but more at a home and small business level. So really, internet service providers are are quite being looked to to step in and help their customers with this situation. Okay, excellent. And and how so? Are you able to kind of expand a bit a bit more on that? That's really yeah, sure. Well, today you see that some of the larger internet service providers they are responding to that demand in the market, and they're making some IoT security offerings available to their customers. Um, first and foremost, they have to be easy. They have to, quote unquote, run in the background, um, meaning that these are probably um, technologies that are downloaded directly onto the router in the home or the office. Um, And it does make sense that this is the approach that we're taking. ISPs, they have the requisite expertise and visibility across home networks. Um, 
Several have done this and they're demonstrating that it can be done in an affordable and user-friendly way. Um, they have the expertise and they're, they're better informed and they have access to threat intelligence and they can put it all together to help um, monitor and affect some measure of control over the devices on the networks and limit the risk. Yeah, perfect. And um, earlier, um, we also mentioned that government agencies are actually tracking this issue now, and uh, some are beginning to mandate service providers uh, to implement greater security. So um, what, what, do you, what are we seeing on that front? Yeah, there's a few approaches that, um, that, that governments are taking, and you're right, they're getting um, quite involved. Because as I did note before, this is not just a problem to the individual or the home, it's, it can be a global problem. Um, so let me talk a little bit about what the U.S. is doing. So the United States is in the process of establishing a system for labeling IoT products, and that was called for in President Biden's May 2021 executive order on cybersecurity. Those details are still being worked out. Um, they've just been holding some stakeholder meetings, but early insights are telling us that some of the types of data that would need to be disclosed or summarized include vulnerability remediation, the amount of consumer info a device collects, whether the device is encrypted. Um, this kind of framework is also probably going to require disclosure on things like default passwords, security updates and how they work, and then other types of data points. Um, the White House is calling this a, quote, energy star for cyber. And it's, worth, it's noteworthy that officials are looking to Singapore's system, um, which today assigns every single Internet-connected device a rating on a four-star scale. Across the pond, uh, we know that the, the United Kingdom has just recently introduced one of the world's toughest telecom security regimes, and that requires providers to have a deep understanding of their security risks and demonstrate the ability to identify when anomalous activity is taking place. So we're really likely going to see ISPs in the UK and probably elsewhere in Europe also become more mindful about how to help their customers with this problem. Mm, sure. And um, do you think these labeling mechanisms will, will be helpful? I do. Um, I think that these types of mechanisms are going to be useful in a couple ways. They will create data and information for consumers to make better informed decisions about the kinds of IoT devices they buy and install in their home networks. And maybe they'll think a little bit more and maybe they'll kind of compare and shop around a little bit based on whether that device is a little bit more secure than another device. Um, but I also think that the data can be useful to those ISPs who are, as we talked about, starting to incorporate more functionality into their own offerings to provide visibility and some control over IoT, IoT devices on networks. So the device information supplied by responsible manufacturers that participate in this, well, those that information can be integrated into those offerings and it can provide more contextual information about how an IoT device can be expected to behave. So these are technologies that will operate behind the scenes, but now they'll be even better and faster at determining, for example, when there's an unpatched vulnerability that needs patching or an update needed, or when a device is just simply doing things it shouldn't be doing. So in other words, that information that is provided through these labeling mechanisms can help both consumers and ISPs baseline those devices. Yeah, sounds good. And um, one thing we're seeing is that service, the service provider community is not really sort of waiting for instructions, so to speak. 
Yep, that is true. They've waited a little, little while. This is sort of a recent phenomenon. Um, it hasn't really been until kind of recently that ISPs have gotten involved to help secure those devices on home networks. You know, I mentioned above that they that IoT is known um, to be fueling these bot attacks, like very large bot attacks like Mirai, um, which occurred in 2016 and, and still presents problems. But um, in 2016, it crippled several high-profile services like French telecom company OVH and U.S.-based Dyn. And these were these were news-making attacks that shut down services that affected consumers. At its peak, Mirai was estimated to have infected 600,000 devices. And today, we still see bots are fueling ransomware, as I discussed, and it's really at near epidemic levels globally. Um, these things, these uh, bots are that fuel ransomware are now targeting our critical infrastructure, which, which can lead to outages, which which have a, a real world impact. So it's it's right that we're not just now any longer leaving um, consumers to struggle with this issue on their own. You know, as I mentioned, large businesses, they've benefited from um, network level technologies that give them that visibility and control over IoT devices now for years. Um, but we are seeing a different um, a different uh, approach now in the ISP community and they're, they want to also deliver some of these same capabilities to consumers in their home. And um, they're, as I said, they're uniquely positioned to leverage that threat and vulnerability intelligence at scale to help consumers detect and monitor the IoT in their home. Um, it can't be done by consumers alone, and ISPs are starting to realize that they can um, they can differentiate themselves. So by offering enhanced security offerings to their customers and making their customers safe overall, it lets ISPs build their brand and reputation for facilitating strong security across all the networks under their control. Yeah, perfect. So there is actually an opportunity. Seems like a bit of a win-win, really. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Excellent. Okay, so I think we will just wrap it up there. But um, thank you very much, Catherine. Thanks again for joining us today. And to our audience, um, we'd love to hear from you, as always. So do reach out on the usual channels, um, or you can contact us at securingsam.com. And until next time, thank you very much, and goodbye. Thanks, Carla. Thanks, Carla.